0: replace Tonal race is an ongoing effort to preserve funding for local entities receiving vital funding from property taxes such as cities, towns, counties, schools, townships, and libraries. The General Assembly is considering several bills that would significantly reduce vital property tax funding for local units of government, jeopardizing infrastructure, public safety, education, parks and other improvements that create and maintain quality places where people want to live and work. This special podcast series will explore what's happening in the Indiana General Assembly relative to the business personal property tax and why any reduction in this tax must come with a state-implemented, permanent, and sustainable revenue source. For more information, visit aimindiana.org bppt.
1: Welcome to AIM's podcast. I'm Matt Greller with AIM. We've got an all-star lineup of mayors to talk to today. Uh, We've got our immediate past president, Mayor Joe Talmer from Warsaw, our incoming or current uh, second vice president, Mayor Jeremy Stutzman from Goshen, and our current president, Mayor Clint Lamb from Sullivan. Welcome to all three of you. The legislature began their work this week. Uh, They're off to a fast and furious start. Uh, one of the fastest starts in, in my time around the General Assembly, considering a number of issues, COVID-related and, and other things. But the issue that's probably most uh, near and dear to our heart is business personal property tax. I think it goes without saying there are major uh, business personal property tax proposals on the table. There's one in the House that seems to be the, the focal point in House Bill 10.02 and and one in the Senate that that is also going to have some conversation associated with it. Uh, But in general, I think, you know, business personal property tax is a major component of local government budgets, city and town budgets in Indiana. Uh, It's a very important piece uh, of revenue stream for local governments, uh, especially in light of property tax caps, when we've limited the amount of property tax revenue available to local governments uh, by placing those caps in the constitution. So maybe first we can just talk generally about business personal property and where property tax money is used in your local budgets and what what it's used to fund and and what things you know could be impacted if there is a significant drop off in, in property tax revenue. Well, Matt, I'd just say it's a
2: pretty significant part of our uh, of our budget. Um, we've we've just gotten our numbers running, approximately twenty nine percent. Um, of our uh, property tax revenue comes from uh, the business personal property, so um, we're certainly looking at this thing seriously and, and understanding that uh, it funds uh, a broad range of activities in our budget. Uh, that um, with that amount of, of revenue loss well, will be significant for us. So um, I know different communities are hit differently. Uh, it all depends on on our our makeup of our taxing unit. Um, so we just certainly have banded together a great job of aim of, of getting the uh, replaced owner race going. And uh, uh, that, that's gonna be an important part of it because I, I don't know um, how we'll be able to do, how we'll be able to continue if, if we don't get uh, some type of replacement revenue.
3: I think that's the key. I'm not gonna argue that business personal property taxes is a good tax or a bad tax, but the revenue is is huge to our community um, City of Goshen very similar situation as, as um, Warsaw is, where it's about 31, 32% of our, our property tax that we get. And um, just to give you an idea, my fire department and police department take up two thirds of my, my general fund. Um, so if we lose the other third um, here, we're gonna have to make some major cuts to public safety to try and figure out how to fund all our other departments, which is not something I wanna be doing.
1: I don't think anybody in the state of Indiana wants to be having those kinds of conversations. Obviously, Mayor Lamb.
4: Yeah, obviously here in the city of Sullivan, it's no different than uh, my friends there in Warsaw and Goshen. Uh, Whether you're a city the size of Indianapolis or you're the city the size of the uh, the city of Sullivan, it it affects everybody and and all municipalities. I'm proud of the fact that, you know, we come together with this great organization to be able to to advocate for our cities and towns. Seventy percent of Hoosiers live in cities or towns. Uh, we think of indiana as a as a rural state uh, and we th- we think of farm and corn and and all the open fields of our great state. but uh, the economic drivers and where innovation is it is in our cities and towns. Of course, we're all biased on this podcast today because we're all mayors but but we're on the front line so we understand how important it is to fund essential services like public safety your police and fire, uh, whether you're the soccer parent that's going down to watch your kids play ball, uh, your parks and recreation. I mean, we've been talking quality of life. The state has pushed regionalism, trying to increase the quality of life. Uh, so yeah, of course, we're concerned that the most fundamental duties of, of government is to what to protect the citizens. And that's where our public safety comes into play. And uh, here in the city of Solomon, we're already a 35% circuit breaker. So, you know, we throw around percentages Uh, as mayors and as elected officials, but our average citizens don't always realize that's not just numbers and percentages on a spreadsheet. Those are actual cash dollars that are no longer being spent in your community that were just a few short years ago. So, you know, I think cities have done the best they can to try to adapt, to try to look for, uh, to be innovative and creative and look at other uh, ways to increase revenue, whether it's working with their county government, You know, here in the city of Solomon, I'm at the mercy of county officials when it comes to local income taxes. So, you know, we do the best we can. We tear down blighted eyesores. We try to encourage new investment to increase the assessed value. I think every city's trying to do that across the board. And and, uh, we just want to make sure we have all the tools that we can continue to make our cities and towns the best they could possibly be. And it's a slippery slope when we start having this discussion.
1: Mayor Tolmer mentioned this in his opening comments, but we placed a race. So we have we've initiated a coalition with uh, many organizations that serve local governments, public safety, schools, townships, et cetera, that all have some sort of reliance libraries <coughs> on property tax in Indiana. And that's launching. And I think it's an important piece to note that you know sometimes, you know, Sullivan may disagree with the county, or Goshen may disagree with the township, or Warsaw may have a, you know, discussion with the schools on something, uh, but when it comes to something as important as property taxes and business personal property, in this case, uh, working together is is really key, um, and you all do that every day with these organizations and entities within your individual cities, so maybe talk a little bit about that, uh, and, and how that could have a ripple effect, you know, if, if the schools and the townships and the libraries and the cities and the towns are all losing property tax revenue at the same time, what that means for quality of life, uh, attracting talent to your communities and those kinds of things. Mayor Stutzman, you want to take a stab at it?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you've you've nailed it there, Matt, that we all have to be working together and be cognizant of what each other's needs are. Um, for us here in the city of Goshen, you know, if if we start to see certain pieces fall, um within the community that doesn't allow us to bring in the jobs that we want to see um you know that can have an inverse effect on the schools because they won't have as many students uh, people won't be here uh, free and reduced lunches will go up which will be another cost they have to figure out how to how to pay so i think the most important thing on this topic or actually any topic is that everybody just you know stop arguing start talking and seriously discussing um, what are our options and what's best for our communities and our state? Um, any topic, when you work together, you just get much better results. So I, I think that's where we, we just need to make sure we're keeping the conversation going.
4: You know, speaking of quality of life, I think, you know, it's, it's key in real estate. You hear location, location, location. In cities and towns, it's population, population, population. And that's what uh, good schools do. Uh, You you can go to any workshop, you can read any economist report, quality schools matter and making sure that they have the funding they need. Safe communities matter, Uh, amenities matter, Uh, whether you're an empty nester, whether you're middle-aged or whether you're that uh, magical millennial that everybody's supposedly chasing. At the end of the day, we do everything we can to increase the assessed value. Uh, Cities and towns are doing everything they've been asked to do. Uh, partnering with their schools. I mean, this organization is a great example. Every time we get together, we talk about the relationships we have with our local schools and how we try to work with our county officials. And now we we even work with officials from other cities and other counties in this regionalism approach that has been proposed uh, you know, here to us. But population, population, population is key. And at the end of the day, uh, the 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 Clint Lamb or City of Solomon uh, philosophy Uh, can be wrapped up into a simple statement. Every school needs students, every city needs citizens, every business needs customers, every employer needs employees and the common denominator is people. And we gotta make sure that our cities uh, aren't just hopeful on grants to get by to the next grant or the next ready. Oh, we appreciate OCRA, we appreciate NDOT, we appreciate all the state agencies, we need long-term sustainable that we know that we can rely on uh, every single year. So we're not picking winners and losers. We're not hoping that the IHCDA selects our housing project. It's something that we can invest in ourselves and not ask for handouts. And that's all what we want to do here and uh, continue to increase our populations because that's what's going to drive uh, Indiana into the future
2: you know matt i think circling the wagons is is obviously what we're doing now and it's it's worked in the past and i think it's it's quite effective and and for all the reasons uh, my buddies here have discussed uh, we do it well when we get together we know how to how to collaborate and and really work together um, the one thing though I, I don't want to get away from this discussion is the fact that you know this property tax uh, is just going to do nothing but uh, the, the reduction or potential elimination of business personal property tax uh, is is, is going to basically shift the burden to the taxpayers, because quite simply, if you reduce your AV, and we just got our numbers in, you know, we're looking at a 34% uh, increase in AV in the last five years. We've spent, we've done everything we can, talked uh, exactly what these gentlemen have, have talked about as far as as, as attracting businesses, attracting investment, building our population. Uh, we've dropped our tax rate uh, 10%. Uh, and increased our assessed value 34% in the last five years. Uh, if this goes through, um, <clears throat> let's just, let's say we totally eliminate business personal property tax on a $200,000 house, it's gonna cost the taxpayer $1,360 extra of, 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 of taxes, property taxes. Uh, if we only get rid of half of that, you know, we're probably looking at about six, 700 bucks per household uh, of, of tax. It's just shifted directly uh, to the homeowner because of the decrease in, in the assessed value. We've been doing everything we can to broaden the tax base, to, to, to increase the amount of assessed value. And that's how these, these funds should be used. Uh, they should be used as incentives to these corporations to come in and, and create jobs and uh, prosperity and growth follow. And and this is just, uh, it's it's the opposite of that. It's, it's throwing that right back to the taxpayer. And we all know if they hit the caps, then, then we're the ones that are going to take the bite on it. So um, it, it really is, a, I think uh, Mayor Daniel mentioned it in our legislative meeting, that it's a, it's a property tax shift. And um, that, that's going to impact our 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 citizens and, and homeowners, for sure.
4: So
3: if I could, real quick, just go off of that. Um, uh, Mayor is right, you know, it's going to shift. For the city of Goshen, um, we're at our circuit breaker, our tax caps right now. So some of our Residents will see that increase in their taxes, but this will this will actually be a direct loss of money for the city of Goshen. There will be no chance of recouping it. Um, they've estimated that we'll lose three million. We might get six or seven hundred thousand of that in the shift, but the rest of it's going to be gone to the city of Goshen.
1: Yeah, it's a, a little bit in the weeds for the average average listener, you know, on the podcast today. But it's an important point that it is not just lost revenue. It's a it's a shift to homeowners in many cases as well maybe shift gears just a little bit here and and talk about respective industries in your communities and what you're hearing back from them uh, about these proposals of anything. You know, I know Warsaw's home to the orthopedic capital of the world. Goshen, you know, has all kinds of RV industry, a lot of manufacturing in and around Sullivan. You know, do you, Do you all hear from businesses that this is an impediment to growth, an impediment to investment, um, or are they more concerned about the vitality of your individual communities?
2: Matt, I just want to say the only thing I hear from our industries is that they need more workforce and more housing. I've I've yet to hear a, a complaint about business personal property tax. Obviously, with regards to this specific initiative, you know, you go into any business, I mean, I'm a business owner. Uh, until last year, I was paying business personal property tax uh, on, on on my um, instruments and, and everything for my office. Uh, you know, it's just part of doing business. And it, it's just, I, I know if you ask someone, they're going to say, no, I don't want to pay the tax. But uh, this is a tax that's that's been part of, of uh, the, the, the business cycle. And, uh, you know, our business leaders coming in, the, the new businesses coming into the community, they're interested in, in workforce and housing. Um they're not interested in business personal property tax.
4: Yeah, I agree with Mayor Joe. And I think Mayor Joe and I, we both are celebrating our 10th anniversary this week since we were sworn into office. So we're we're both in our third term. And uh, I can say zero, never has business personal property tax ever come up in any discussion ever. Uh, the Sullivan City Pool Revitalization Project does come up. Uh, downtown businesses that used to have 14 abandoned stores that are now full, that does come up in our discussion. Uh, Sullivan's uptick in population over the last four years, that does come up in conversation. I'm not quite sure that, uh, uh, that they even really understand exactly the business personal property tax, um, but they do want a vital community, period. That is always the number one driver. I'm not saying that taxes and incentive packages aren't a factor, so to speak but they really, when, when executives are coming in to discuss locating here in Sullivan or any community, they're talking about the community and where their kids are gonna to go to school and where they're gonna live. And you know what I found is people say, well, just give them a tax abatement or just give them land. Look, 3,000 other counties in America, that's a slam dunk, that's a layup. They can get those things anywhere. Um, but like uh, Mayor Joe was saying, they, we need quality folks to work. and We've got to increase our population numbers. Uh, it's my understanding that while Indiana has grown over the last census, it's still under the national average when it comes to population growth. So that growth is going to come in our cities and towns, but to uh, you know once again answer your question, it has never ever even uh, come up in conversation. Uh, my businesses and my community, they want an affordable community to live in, but not a cheap one. They don't want to be cheap. they want to be affordable.
3: I'd echo that too, Um, for the city of Goshen here, we work really closely with our chamber of commerce. Um, So the chamber president and I do a lot of site visits throughout each year, um, large and small businesses. Um, The only time I've ever heard personal property tax for businesses come up um, is when the state officials bring it up. Um, And we've actually specifically reached out with this proposal to see what their thoughts are. And like Mayor Joe said, yeah, if I don't have to pay a tax, that's great. Um, they they make that comment, but at the same time, they realize we're losing money here in the community, and um, they'd rather pay the tax from the ones that I've talked to, and uh, make sure that we've got the quality of life projects happening, and and making sure we're keeping our streets paved uh, for not only the business use, but also for their um, the keeping their their um, employees happier.
2: You know, Matt, I would agree uh, that you know every community is asked to give abatements and. TIF bonds and that type of thing. But, you know, that's the only time we hear about it. And, you know, if I can and uh, create a, a bond that's going to buy a piece of equipment, uh, you know, a $3 million piece of equipment or, or a half a million dollar piece of equipment, whatever it might be, um, companies are very interested in that. You know, they resign themselves to the fact that they're going to be paying these taxes. And if if we can help them up front, either with an abatement, with a with a phase in, or create a bond that that can help with infrastructure or equipment purchases, um, you know that's a bonus and that's what that's what brings those folks into our community. You know that's why we've been able to grow our assessed value. And, uh, we use those these tools wisely, and you know you take these tools away, and and I agree with Mayor Lamb. Everybody does it, but everybody that comes in the community expects it. So uh, you take it away, and um, you know they're they're used for for the most part. They're used for very good very good reasons in our community and it's worked.
1: We often hear the various rankings talked about in Indiana and how well Indiana is doing from a, a tax business tax climate perspective. And Mayor Stetsman, you made a good point earlier that it's not really for us to decide if personal property is good or bad tax. We know we need the revenue though and we, we, need, we need a replacement mechanism. So just to sort of close out the conversation on, on business personal property, you know, the tax, the tax Foundation, which is a widely recognized ranking organization, uh, ranks Indiana number nine overall for tax climate, but number one in the country for property tax climate, uh, which I think is an important point to note for anybody that's considering changes. You know, we are at the top as it is now, primarily, I think, due to our property tax caps. So I think that just bolsters our, our point that, We've done a good job of curtailing the use of property tax and broadening our revenue base, et cetera. Uh, in any attempt to go any further, it just has to have that replacement mechanism.
2: Matt, I, I think, and you and I've talked about this, um, it's gonna require a significant change in fiscal policy to, to create a replacement mechanism, a sustainable replacement mechanism. And, and it, it seems that right now, you know, with with money coming from Washington and the surpluses and all, everybody seems to think that it's this is a great time to start giving back things and changing things. But, you know, things could head south pretty quickly. And and the policy that is going to create uh, a replacement revenue source, it's got to be sustainable. And and I think that messing with policy uh, is a very dangerous thing to do. Uh because it's just going to shift it, and and then what's the you know what's the flavor of the month in five years?
1: Yep, I couldn't agree more. And um, I think you know some thanks does go to the governor for his comments earlier this week of you know injecting the the idea of a a tax credit to help offset this loss. We just need to see it expanded and and put there in a more permanent way. So hopefully uh, that discussion can can continue on down. Uh, The road throughout the process of the the legislature. Uh, So really appreciate all three of you joining us today uh, on the AIM podcast. Uh, We'll be back with you, I'm sure, uh, many more times in the coming weeks and months as the legislature does their work. Uh, But this is a great kickoff to to preview what's, uh, what's expected to come down the road. Thank you all for joining us. Thanks,
3: Matt. Thank you. Have a great day.